About a month ago, Judge Mark had argued tonight the people of Dynasty feel that it of protests since George Floyd's death have sparked changes. So seen some clashes. Ian tonight with the alarming news on the coronavirus here in the U.S. 100,000 people have lost their lives to virus. And heal our division. We have hope in Christ. We have something to offer people. A new day, a new kingdom, a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to be a part of it because we're in his kingdom. Come on, Go Church family. How you feel today? Make some noise if you feel real good. There it is. What a great looking group. Welcome to everybody in-house today. You're at our South Metro Atlanta campuses, our broadcast campus, and so honored to have you on this Sunday. And I want to look at the cameras in the back of the room. There are a couple of different groups of people that we want to welcome today. Everybody watching online this morning, we welcome you to our online campus. It would take just a moment. We'd love to know where you're watching from. So in the comment section, let us know what city, state, country you're watching from. This includes our incredible Germantown, Maryland campus. Right now, they're online only, so thanks for tuning in this morning, Germantown. And then how about the popular Noonan pop-up campus that's meeting this morning? God bless all of you. So everybody in-house, make some noise for everybody online. Come on, real loud right here. Welcome, Germantown, Noonan, we love you. Oh, what a great day. The Bible says this is the day the Lord has made, so we get to be glad. Come on, are you glad today? We get to rejoice in it. And before we jump into the message, I do want to start today like we always do. We pause to give honor to the incredibly brave military men and women and all of the courageous first responders. Come on, can we do that? Let this be your loudest applause of appreciation. God bless you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for serving. And uh, what, a, what, a, what a year it's been. Come on now. As a matter of fact, in a few days, you're going to close out the first half of 2020. Can you just say, thank God the first half is over. Come on. And I, I just want to do something. I want to speak this over you and your family and your household. I, I pray that the second half of 2020 is far better than the first half. Come on now. Can you say amen? I mean, if it gets any worse, G Jesus just come on back, right? So, you know, we've been walking through this worldwide health crisis called COVID-19. And I just want to tell you how honored I am to pastor such an incredibly generous church, such an incredibly uh, servant church. You serve so well through all of this. And I love the fact that Go Church never closed. Uh, the doors of the building were shut, but the church kept moving forward, and I love that. And, and now we're in the fourth Sunday of re-entry. We gave you a month ago the June re-entry plan. So we're just going to take this month by month because like you, we're watching the news, we're reading articles, we're seeing how this COVID situation is still very fluid. Uh, there's some spikes of COVID around the country. And so continue to stay connected to our social media and our website. But I thought I'd give you what we're going to call phase two of re-entry for the month of July. And I'll start with addressing our online campus because there are many of you that still, this is your primary way of worship through uh, Go Church and our, our online campus family. So every Sunday, 9.45 and 11.30 a.m., we'll be going live stream, come on, all across the globe. And then if you ever, if you ever miss a Sunday, whether it's in person or online, and you want to go back and watch the entire gathering, that's always available on demand. You can find my ugly face on YouTube. Come on now. So you can go back online to YouTube or even mygochurch.com. How many of you are thankful for our online campus? Come on, I've just been so proud of that team. Big shout out to the online campus team. And then a little info about this location. This is our broadcast campus again, South Metro Atlanta. 
A little bit of a change for July. We're moving to Sunday only at 9.45 and 11.30 a.m. So 9.45 and 11.30 a.m. And that begins next week. Next week is the first Sunday in the month of July. So note that change there. Two gatherings on Sunday for this location. And then I'm, I'm thrilled about this. You can't keep the people away from that Noonan pop-up campus. So we're going to let that thing keep running for the month of July. Come on, isn't that awesome? I love it. So 9.45 and 11. 30 for the Noonan pop-up campus, and uh, I, I hope to see some of you over that way. And then let me give you a bullet point list of a few things to consider. I'm moving through this really quickly because I, I do want to jump into the message today, but I'll start with the last one. A lot of info coming via email and social media. So all of these adjustments, you can make sure to check back in on the email or the social media account to stay connected. We're going to keep social distancing happening. Uh, no need to RSVP. There's still a lot of room in our auditoriums. We can put out more seats and still practice safe social distancing guidelines. Uh, we're not going to offer any kids or youth environments for the month of July, uh, but we do love our children, and uh, they're always invited and welcome to be a part of any of our gatherings. As a matter of fact, kids, come on, give it up for all the kids in the room. Love you, proud of you. I think it's great. And uh, I wanted to celebrate this with you. We've not had, in four weekends of being back in person, we've not had one confirmed case of COVID-19. That's a great place just to say thank you, Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, it will not happen either. Come on. So if you ever feel sick or if you don't feel safe for reentry yet, please, please stay home. Come on, just stay away. And uh, you can catch us online. And then one more time, more information is coming. Now, I wanted to save Germantown for last because... They're still in a reentry as a state, and then specifically Montgomery County, Maryland. So Germantown, for the month of July, we really tried to make July work for you all, but how many of you know better safe than sorry, right? So better safe than sorry. So we're going we're gonna to invite you to stay online only for the month of July, Germantown, but every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. at the Black Hill Regional Park, you're going to be doing an in-person Go Team huddle. So our Go Team is for those that volunteer, and also if you want to volunteer, you're invited to this huddle as well. Just kind of a part of a reentry, so you can start seeing faces again. And, you know, you can actually talk to people instead of talking to the walls. Come on. So, Germantown, this is your information, and I wanted to highlight that. Are you glad to be a part of a church that's moving forward? I know I am. And the next Sunday, we're going to kick off a four-week series. I've been looking forward to this uh, for about five or six months now when we begin the planning of it called Summer in the Psalms. Summer in the Psalms. It's going to be a four-week series as we look at some of the beautiful hymns of the Psalms. And next Sunday, I'm not going to be preaching. And I, I know you're really disappointed. I get that. But my pastor, the bishop of the house, Pastor Alan Matura, is going to be bringing the word. Come on now. So my father-in-law, he's in this gathering. Love you, sir. I honor you. He's going to be bringing the message. And unless the Lord changes his heart, he'll be sharing from Psalm 23. And if you're wondering who Pastor Allen is, it's him, not her. Okay, it's him over here, not her. This is actually a new friend of mine, Naomi Rain from Maverick City Music. She's flying in from New York City and uh, she's going to be leading us in worship next Sunday. That's July 4th weekend. If you have never heard of Naomi Rain from Maverick City, you need to go on Spotify, go on YouTube, and let the Lord just like move in your life. Come on now. So, a, a incredibly anointed worship leader. Paired with one of the best preachers I know. Come on, that's a, that's a dynamic duo. So you don't want to miss next Sunday on the Summer in the Psalms. And it's going to be a great month. It really is going to be a great month. Got any questions, always feel free to email us at the church office. A couple weeks ago, the Lord put this word in my heart. 
And uh, I'm going to pray for you today. But before I pray, I want to give a little quick introduction on this idea of kingdom culture. And then again, I'll offer a, a prayer because prayer works and, and we need prayer. You know, unless you've lived under a rock, you know, 2020 has been something, y'all. And uh, what a year it's been. It started out with COVID-19 and, and the challenge of the quarantine and, and all of the things that happened with the economy. And then I believe if my mind remembers correctly, it was one month ago that we saw the video released of George Floyd's murder uh, by way of, of a police officer. And that video, paired with other videos and, and another story similar to his, sent this nation uh, in an uproar. Many, many people around the country began peaceful protesting, and, and some individuals, they opted to make their voice heard by way of, of rioting and, and, even, and even looting. And you, you can't watch the news right now without seeing uh, our nation broken and divided. You can't get on social media right now without losing respect for somebody. Hello? Right? I mean, God is exposing the hearts of people right now, and, and I, I've read a lot of things online from people that say that they are Christians but their wording has been very divisive and almost attacking. And I'll share a little bit more about that in, in a moment here. But, but even for me, I want everybody to look at me, even everybody watching online. I'm not looking for sympathy. I don't, I don't need any sympathy. I mean, I'm 39 years old. I'm still a mama's boy. Come on now. She'll give me all the sympathy that I need. But being a pastor in 2020 is not an easy responsibility. It's never easy to be a pastor. But in a, a season of life in a culture that is wrestling this unseen enemy of COVID-19 and then what feels like an all-out race war. It's been a great challenge to lead the people of Go Church on this spiritual journey. I've, I've facilitated a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations where my family has, has been attacked. Uh, things have been said about us. And, and everybody keeps coming back with this question. If I summarize all of it, they want to know this, and lean in for a second. So whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? Every Sunday I take a great time to consider what outfit I'm going to wear for you. Come on now. Uh, not only for those of you in the room, but I recognize that the camera adds 10 pounds, so it's very, you know, uh, strategic what I wear to look a little bit more slimming. As a matter of fact, before I walked up today, I said, now tell me when I get off the stage, Kimberly, if I look like I've gained weight. So you need to say no, regardless of the answer. So today I, I picked out my outfit, and Kimberly ironed up my shirt just for you all. But I thought, what, what would my outfit be if I let Go Church dress me on this Sunday? I know exactly what I'd be wearing. Many of you would ask of me to wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, and I understand that. Others of you would slap a Make America Great Again hat on me, and some of you would ask me to wear a Biden 2020 jacket, and then some of you would be frustrated because I wasn't wearing or I'm not wearing a we back the blue face mask. What side are you on? Who are you for? Who are you against? And, and that's kind of the culture of this world, isn't it? The culture of this world wants you to pick a side. I'm not preaching yet, but I'm about to. And I just stopped by Go Church to tell somebody, I'm going to let you know whose side I'm on. And it's the side of King Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm on... I'm on the side of King Jesus. You know, I, I, somebody, somebody in a conversation, they said, you don't, you don't need to tweet about it. You need to be about it. You don't need to post about it. You need to be about it. So I'm just going to let, I'm not angry. I'm not upset. As a matter of fact, ever since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has been advancing. 
This is the greatest hour for the church. All of what's happening from the virus to the social injustices, that has not taken your God by surprise. It is why God sent his son to this earth so that we might find hope in a man named Jesus, not hope in this world. Come on, are you listening to me? And there, and there are people... Listen, any, anybody that forces you to choose a side other than the side of the king, that is not of God. So you, you want to know what I want to be about? You want to know what I'm all about? I'm going to tell you. The Lord gave me uh, the reminder of these seven words about two weeks ago. And, and with every conversation, I've reminded every person, regardless of, of their reality or their perspective, I told them, listen, I must be about my father's business. Everything I say... Everything I do, every message I preach, every, every post on social media that, that I post, I must be about my father's business. Anything else, then I failed at the responsibility at hand. And not just the responsibility as a pastor, but the responsibility as a follower of Jesus. I am alive today to be all about my father's business. And I'm going to say something, because you need to know this. Anything else than this. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to talk a lot more about that today, but I promised you a prayer, and I want to pray this over you. I don't know if I've ever done this leading into a message, but I want to pray the Lord's Prayer this morning. Can we do that? Every head bowed, every eye closed, even if you're watching online, unless you're driving. Come on now. Faith, not foolishness. Let me pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and thine is the power. And thine is the glory. Watch this. Forever and ever. And the church said, amen. A couple of weeks ago, the Lord literally, I was on a Zoom call. This is when I met Naomi Rain, who's coming to lead worship next week. We were talking on the topic of racial reconciliation. The, the title of that Zoom call was a kingdom conversation. And I was honored to be invited. I felt like as a, as a white pastor to be you know, invited to that virtual platform was a great honor of mine. And, and I ended up being third in the order of conversation. And so while the other two were speaking, the Lord began to reveal some things into my heart. I'm going to show you this. And if you're like me, your mind's going to try to read through all of what you're about to see. Try to go with me if that's okay. But I do encourage you to take some notes because I want to talk about the difference of worldly culture versus kingdom culture. Because there is a difference here. And I don't think I have to state the obvious, but, but I will. The worldly culture is creating for us this undercurrent, if you can. And the world is trying to pull us into her ways, while as sons and daughters in Christ, we feel the tension of making sure, hopefully making sure that we always live on the side of the kingdom. Here's the problem with the worldly culture. It was built on a wrong foundation. What does that mean? The foundation of this world was built on the plans of man. 
And here's what culture says. Here's what society says. And one of the beautiful things about Go Church is her diversity. Diversity in ethnicity. I mean, people from literally all around the world have called Go Church their home. And they have come from other countries to call America your home. My, my father-in-law is from the island of Trinidad. Come on now. I'm from the island of Florida. Come on. So we've all kind of come from different parts of the world. And this is what culture says. Culture says if you want to be a part of this society, then sign this contract. Sign the contract that says that you will abide by the laws of this land. Here's the problem. And we're seeing this in our nation today. That contract is full of lies. It's full of lies because you write your name on the dotted line hoping that if you abide by the laws of the land, then the government will hopefully take care of you. It's full of lies. And the problem with lies is this. It's very offensive when you're lied to. And what does the lies and offense lead to? Listen to me. You know this. It leads to division and it leads to fighting. And who is sandwiched in all of that? Satan. Who is the father of the lies? I just want to tell you because this is a moment for Go Church today. This is a moment in our history to remind you. Everybody look at me for a second. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against one another. The culture of this world would love to divide us with, well, are you Republican or are you Democrat? I got news for you. There are going to be Republicans in heaven and there will be Democrats in heaven. The culture of this world wants you to be divided. And so now we are fighting tooth and nail with one another when ultimately our wrestling is not with, e with each other. We're brothers and sisters. I don't know, in the last few weeks I've learned that we have a lot more similarities than we do differences. Stop looking at just the outside and look at what's on the inside. And all of this, when we build our lives on the wrong foundation, it produces a culture of hate. And that's where we are in America. Every, it seems like everybody hates everybody. Children hating their parents and some parents hating their spouses and children. Listen to me. Ask any teacher, school teacher, about the culture of hate in the schoolroom, in the classroom. This, some of you are like, well, they deserve it. But, but hear me. Ask, ask any police officer or judge about the lack of honor and this culture of hate in our country. Ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor about how they are dishonored and they are hated simply because of the color of their skin, their political party, or the career of their profession. How, how is this happening? I'm telling you, it's because we've bought into the, the, the wrong foundation. And at the end of it, at the end of the day, here's what happens. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's hurt. I, I, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I were, because most bets I make I lose. Come on. If I were a bet man, I'd say that just about everybody in this room, everybody watching online, at some point in your life, you have been hurt because of these offenses. Let's look at the kingdom culture, though. This is, this is why we come to church, right? Because we want to know more about how to combat the ways of this world. And again, you're going to see the full list, but, but try not to let your mind or, or eyes go too far ahead. The thing about the kingdom culture is that the kingdom culture is built on a firm foundation, 
I'm going to say it again. That's a great place to pause and say amen back. The kingdom culture is built on a firm foundation. Right. And the difference is this. Your Bible says that many are the plans of man, but the only thing that really prospers is the plan of God or the purpose of God. And here's the thing about the God of this universe. Watch. Listen to me. He never asks you to sign a contract. It's not a contractual agreement. No, what he wants is for you to come into covenant relationship one-on-one. And here's the thing about this covenant is that this covenant is all filled with truth because truth is the only thing that will set us free. Now watch this. The only similarities that these two columns have is the fact that both of them are offensive. Because whenever you hear the truth, the truth stings. I grew up in a a single-parent home. My father passed away when I was a teenager, so my mom was a single-parent mom. She taught me what we call tough love. Some of y'all don't know about tough love. I know about tough love. My mom would tell me the truth, and it would leave me offended because I knew that she was telling me what was right not just what I wanted to hear. And here's the reality. Whenever you come into covenant relationship with God, you hear the truth. Yes, you might be offended, but the primary reason of the offense is because you are now learning that you need a Savior because you can't rescue you from the pit of despair that you're living in. And that is a pride issue because we want to be able to save ourselves, but we can't. We need a Savior. And when we find this Savior, and I'm going to tell you more about this in just a moment, but His name is Jesus. Whenever you come into covenant relationship with Jesus, we experience deliverance. God wants you to have freedom, and then we get to experience, watch, forgiveness so that we can give forgiveness in return. That's the kingdom culture. And all of this then produces not a culture of hate, but a culture of honor. Honor your mother and father. For this is the first commandment with a promise. Watch. Love thy neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor if you don't honor them. And all of this, whenever you find yourself living on the side of the kingdom, now it doesn't leave you with hurt because that's what this world offers. No, what Jesus offers is hope. And not just hope for a better today and not just hope for a better tomorrow, but the hope of heaven. I think some of us need to be reminded that if we are citizens of the kingdom, pardon the grammar, but this world, it ain't my home. Come on, give me a better amen than that. This this is not my home. I have the hope of heaven. It's the worldly culture versus the kingdom culture. So what do you do with this? I'm going to show you. It's it's Matthew 6.33 and... And when we read it together, you'll see that there is a personal responsibility to complete Matthew 6.33. But then there is a collective responsibility as, as a kingdom culture church. And here it is. Here's our responsibility. But seek first his kingdom culture and his righteousness. And everything else will be added. I want you to note something. It doesn't say... But seek first how to respond to your friend who you disagree with on Facebook. It doesn't say, but seek first how to research history so that you can respond in a text message to somebody that you're arguing with through text message. Which, by the way, you can't read tone on social media or text message. 
Seek first your rebuttal. Seek first your defense. Seek first you fill in the blank. No, it says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Because when you do that, it goes against the ways of this world. And it makes you and it forces you personally and us collectively to see through a different lens. To stop seeing through the lens of this world and to start seeing through the lens of the king. Are we good today? Watch this. So I'm going to answer this one first. Later on, I'll show you the, the personal responsibility of Matthew 6.33. But let's talk a little bit about the corporate responsibility. What, what, what does a kingdom culture church teach? What, what does a kingdom culture church practice? Because I just told you a few minutes ago, hey, I must be about my father's business. So as the, as the shepherd of this here flock, I've got some responsibility to make sure that Go Church is a kingdom culture church. So, so what then does a kingdom culture church practice or teach? I'm going to give you four. There's probably 40, but four of them just to kind of begin the conversation. Here's the first one. We have to practice and teach holiness over happiness. Wow, it's pretty quiet out there. I want to tell you something. Um, it is not my anointing to preach you happy. <laughs> it's my responsibility to preach you into holiness. Now, I, I have never been and I will never be a hellfire brimstone preacher. I grew up in a church like that. By the time I was 10, there was no hope of heaven for me. I had sinned enough. I was going to hell. Like, that's the kind of culture of church that I grew up. That's not me. I'm, I'm not a hellfire brimstone guy. But I do want to tell you something because this is important. Regardless of what sermon I preach or sermon series we do, holiness is the standard of living. The Bible says, your Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy, says the Lord. When you walk into Go Church, does God want you to be happy? Yes. Man, I feel so bad for Christians who are miserable. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I know what it was like to live for the ways of this world. But when I found, y'all gonna make me preach, I'm telling you. But when I found Jesus, Jesus did something inside of me and he turned my life around. And listen to me, not every day is like, oh, Mickey Mouse. No, but most days I can lean on the joy of the Lord being my strength. But the standard of right living is holiness. I don't know if you're visiting today or not. You're probably like, what is happening here? I'm telling you what's happening. It's a defining moment for the church in America. To say, we've got to get back to preaching holiness. Holiness. Holiness is what I long for. God, God sent his son Jesus to this earth. And Jesus loves you so much that he's not willing to leave you how he found you. Jesus wants you to be better after that covenant relationship and to put you on the path for holiness. Here's the second thing, because all of these are important. I've got to preach, and we have to practice, grace over guilt. Let, let, me, let me welcome you to the uh, Everybody Has Sinned Club. I know, I, know, I know you're only six feet apart from your neighbor, but, but they have sinned. You know, I'm... I'm exhausted by the days where people walk into church acting holier and now like they got it all together. No, no, no. Like we, we are a broken people. We're a broken people. 
that have fallen into the traps of the enemy. And the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. It's death. But the gift of God. What is the gift? The gift is grace. I want to tell you this. When you come into Go Church, this is a guilt-free zone. I don't look at you and say, man, I'm, I'm better than them. No, I just want to be better than me. That's my heart. So let me tell you, regardless of what you did last month, regardless of what you did last night, regardless of the redundancy of stupidity, come on. So regardless of what you do in the future, let me tell you that his grace is sufficient and God's mercies are new every morning. That's a great place to pause and give Jesus some thanks. Yeah, you know, I, I, I applaud the bravery of street preachers. I do. I think, it, I think you have to be wired with a certain kind of boldness to preach on the street corner, but it's always a message of guilt. When you come to Go Church, I'm not going to beat you over the head with the Bible. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. I think we have too many Christians with spiritual concussions. Let that tweet that. No, grace. I mean, let me just do this for you. Grace. That's the message of Jesus. Holiness over happiness. Grace over guilt. Watch this. Truth over tolerance. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're living in the days of apostasy right now, where people are literally taking the Bible and manipulating Scripture to justify the sin in their life. This is where it becomes offensive, because again, it requires you some self-examination and introspection to recognize that you're not living up to the standard of holiness, and you have to know the truth, because truth is the only thing that can set you free. Now, it's not just truth, truth, truth. You have to experience grace, but we can't operate in the trap of tolerance. And it, it blows me away how many people are just like accepting of behavior that goes against the kingdom culture. The, the, people try to argue the integrity of the scripture. There's some... There's some pretty, like, cut and dry, line in the sand things in the Bible that we try to take out of context so that we can keep living this life of sin. There is a way that seems right into a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. So if people going to leave, go church. I hope you leave because you were offended that I gave you. I loved you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to tell you that you cannot live that life of sin and call yourself a citizen of the kingdom. But the good news is there is grace. Can you give me an amen right there? And then the last one is this. We, we've got to choose people over politics. I got a text message the other day. I need to know who you're voting for. King Jesus, baby. I mean, I, I hope this is fair to say. Take it for what it's worth. Feel free to send an email to my father-in-law tomorrow if it offends you. Sometimes I watch the news and I think, so these are the only two options? This is it? You know, there was a part of me, I even told him, I said, you know, if I had enough money, I think I'd run for president. Vote for me. Free everything. I'm just, that's a joke, by the way. It was a little joke. It's all about people. Somebody said, who are you voting for? Listen to me. Jesus, when he came on the scene, Jesus didn't come to take sides. Jesus came to take over. 
So the divisiveness of man is, well, you got to be a Republican or a Libertarian or a Democrat. Listen to me. That's not the culture of the kingdom. You know what the culture of the kingdom is? I don't care who you vote for. I love you. I don't care what color you are. I love you. I don't care how much money you make. I love you. I don't care how much mess-ups are in your life. I love you. I don't care what kind of car you drive. I love you. I don't care what kind of story you have. I love you because God values people. The church should value people. Listen to me. Everybody lean in. If you are looking for a church that is going to preach politics, it ain't here. It is not here. I will not get sucked in to the debate of American politics. I will preach the kingdom politic all day long. That there is only one Savior and his name is Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. And there are sitting next to you some great people that have different political opinions and beliefs that you do. And guess what? It's okay. And that's so liberating. Well, I don't know who this is for. This isn't in my notes, by the way. I don't, I don't have any notes. I just kind of make it up as I go along and hope we land the plane somewhere. The greatest day of your life outside of finding Jesus is the day that you get liberated from what other people think about you. We live in a culture where it's so much of a disease to please. <laughs> don't, get, don't get caught up into that. You, you study scripture. You find a relationship with God. The closer you get to Jesus, the greater convictions you'll have. Your convictions aren't my convictions. My convictions aren't your convictions. Why? Because the Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But at the end of the day, we can agree to disagree and still love one another. Where is the love in this world? Where's the culture of honor? It's not there. It's everybody hating everybody. I refuse to allow Go Church to be that place. When you come here, listen to me. I love you. I love you. The greatest honor of my life is to be your pastor. And I love you. I love you with the deepest kind of love that I know how. Let's not make the church, the kingdom church, something that the world wants it to be. When you walk into these doors, when you log in online, racism does not exist in the name of Jesus. Does anybody receive that? Come on. Hatred, bigotry, politics. No, 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 no. Let, let the world have all of that. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Whenever, whenever they come to the keyboard, it's a sign to let me know to stop talking. I get it. A lot of churches, when they, when they debate, you know, there's a, a lot of conflict within churches. And, and that's sad because a lot of times what happens is we let the world come into the church instead of taking the church into the world. So there's a lot of arguing and debating. A lot of times, though, it's the arguing and the conflict is over preference, over style. Now we get that. You know what? Why, why you got to sing them new songs? Let's do the old songs. And then I've got some great pastors who they're trying to get out of the old songs to do some new songs. And, you know, why, why is it so dark in here? And why, why you got the lights? Rock concert. And why is it so cold in here all the time? We, I get that preference. And, and, you know, there's not much I can do about preference because if we made this church after every complaint, it would be like just a golden corral of craziness. 
But can we all agree at least on the pillars? Because the pillars of a kingdom culture church have nothing to do with methodology. It's not about style. It's about doctrine. It's about theology. The understanding of the scripture. So if you can hold me accountable to anything, you should hold me accountable to pastor a kingdom culture church that never gets away from the pillars of the church. Style is style. Preference is preference, okay? But what about these? Here's the pillars, and i got to do this really quick. The Bible is the Word of God. That's it. This book is our final authority, and when you come to a kingdom culture church, whoever is preaching should be preaching more words from the Bible than they are preaching their own words. Look at me online. Hold me accountable to being a church that one of its pillars is using the Bible as the Word of God. Every challenge in your life, listen, the Bible has an answer for. This is the book, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. So I don't, I don't ever want to be that church that's preaching something other than the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says it this way, all scripture is inspired by God, it's useful to teach what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Again, that's why we get offended. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. That is pillar number one. Pillar number two is this. Jesus is the Son of God. I don't care what the world says. Respectfully, I don't care what your grandmama says. I love her. But there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. That's it. doesn't matter what Oprah says, what Dr. Phil says, what celebrities say, what athletes say, what politicians say. The Bible says that no man comes to the Father but by me, Jesus. Are you with me? There, there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name in all of heaven for people to call on to be saved. So in a day of tolerance, uh, in a day of, of, of religious unity, Muhammad will not save you. Buddha will not save you. Any, any false idol will not save you. But in a moment, when you call out Jesus, the Bible says that he's just as close as the mention of his name. And watch this. And one day every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All right, let me give you another pillar. You must be born again. You must, everybody's got a birth date, but you need a born again date. It's the day you recognized you can't save you. So you said yes to the king and no to the world. If you try to keep your life, Jesus says, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, then you will find true life. Here's what I want to tell you because you need to know this. Jesus must be your king if you ever want to qualify for citizenship in his kingdom. A lot of people with a passport that will visit the kingdom culture. A lot of people with a spiritual visa that will visit the kingdom culture. But if you want to be a citizen, you've got to let Jesus be the king of your life. Number four is this. Believers can be spirit-filled and spirit-led. Listen to me. We need the Holy Spirit. I want to be a church that preaches the Bible and not just uh, omit parts of Scripture that I'm, I'm afraid that people will be offended by. I'm not doing that. 
In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that you will receive power, the same power that raised up Jesus' lifeless body in that tomb can live inside of you through the Holy Spirit. Give me that gift. Give me that gift. You don't need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to get to heaven, but I don't know how you can stay a Christian in 2020 in America without the Holy Ghost. I don't know. Let me ask you this. You got a few more minutes? Good, because they've locked the doors. You can't leave anyway. So are we that? Is, is Go Church a kingdom culture church? Let me give you three thoughts. I got three thoughts. The answer is yes, as long as we continue to follow God's instructions. The moment, the moment that I or, or anybody else tries to get outside of the instructions of God, and we begin to implement the plans of man, we are doomed for destruction. But as long as, as long as we try to lead the church by following the voice of God and the instruction of God, then yes, this is a kingdom culture church. I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They obeyed everything that King Nebuchadnezzar ordered of them. Changed their name, changed their language, changed their literature, all of that. But what happened? The moment that King Nebuchadnezzar said, now you must bow down to a false idol, what did they say? Enough is enough. We did everything that you asked of us to do, but the moment that you asked us to stop following the instructions of God, we're putting our foot down, we're drawing a line in the sand, and they said, throw us in the fire. Throw, listen to me, throw me in the fire. Because when you throw me in the fire, there's going to be a fourth man that shows up in the fire. Come on, somebody. So yes, we got to follow the instructions of God. Number two, yes, if we continue to be led by the Holy Spirit. This world is operating in a spirit. We need an opposite spirit. And the opposite spirit is the Holy Spirit. Even now, with all of the tension and all of the uncertainty and all of the fear and all of the frustration, when we are led by the spirit, we can operate in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And the third thing is this. Are we a kingdom culture church? Yes. As long as we keep the main thing, the main thing. It's always been about Jesus. It'll always be about Jesus. Jesus didn't talk the talk. He walked the walk. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he gave us the great commission. If we keep the main thing, the main thing, and we focus not on the divisiveness of man, but on the power of the kingdom. Are you with me? As long as we stay focused on that and we make disciples, wow, then we'll be a kingdom culture church. All right, real quick, because you're getting antsy and your kids want to get out of here, let me do this fast. So how should a citizen of the kingdom culture act? How should you act as a citizen? Jesus says this in John 12, 25, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life will do what? They'll keep it for eternity. This word life in the Greek is the word psyche. It's where we get our English word psychological. What Jesus is saying without taking this out of context is that you have to have a transfer of psychological thinking away from the world and a kingdom perspective. It's what Paul said in Romans 12 too. Be ye not conformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of the mind. So let me rephrase this for you. If you love the way this world if you love the ways of this world, you're always going to be on the losing end. Jesus said, psychologically, 
you've got to have a different focus. So here it is. How should a citizen of the kingdom culture act? Three thoughts. Number one, you've got to forgive more than you fight. You've got to forgive more than you fight. Number two is this. You've got to pray more than you post. I had somebody tell me the other day, I hope you're doing more than praying. Okay, I understand that, but there is power in prayer. When I pray, I touch heaven. When I post, I only touch the people who agree. Pray more than you post. Forgive more than you fight. And here's a third one. Repent more than you react. In the last three weeks or so, I found myself hitting my knees and saying, God, there's a work that you got to do here, like in me. There's some stuff over these last six months of this year that God is exposing in my own life, and I need to repent. Watch this. I can't do anything about you, but I can do something about me. Okay, let me give you one more thought, because I, I, think, uh, I think it needs to be said. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Everything else will be added. Whenever you focus on the kingdom culture, I want you to know that the cancel culture is coming. They're coming. I don't know who they are, but it's a mob of people that desires to cancel you out if they don't agree with your opinions or ideas. Okay, we're seeing this happen all around the country right now, this cancel culture leveraging the power of social media to minimize your opinions and your ideas because they don't agree with you. The cancel culture isn't new. The term is new, but the cancel culture is not new. It was the cancel culture that killed Christ and watch, Jesus died on the cross because the cancel culture didn't like what he was preaching, didn't like the life he was living. Now, I'm not inviting turmoil. I'm not inviting trouble. But I just want to say to the cancel culture, though none go with me, still I will follow. I'm not going to turn my back on Jesus because I'm afraid that you're going to try to cancel me out. Jesus told me that the world hates me because he's called me out of this world. I'm in it. But I'm not of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The cancel culture is coming. But it's not us versus them. It can't be. Jesus on the cross, here's what he said about the cancel culture. Forgive them. Because they don't know what they do. What if you took this advice today? And instead of arguing and debating and fighting, you just said, you know what? Forgive them. Because they don't really know what they're doing change everything. Let me give you this closing thought. They're going to sing a song. You'll be out of here and you can log off online and we'll dismiss you from noon in here in a moment. Is your life a true reflection of the kingdom culture? <laughs> Jesus, is your parenting, is your marriage, is your work ethic, is, is your social media is your road rage, uh-oh, is your temper, is your language, are your jokes, is your Netflix channel, is your Spotify playlist, y'all not helping me now, is it a true reflection of the kingdom culture, or does it better reflect the culture of